This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to a new podcast from Blood Red, Under the Radar. I'm Matt Addison here as we take an in-depth look at a player who's been linked with Liverpool of late and will be playing for Ajax tonight in the Champions League clash between the sides. If you want to know more about what to expect from Ajax, you can listen back through the Behind Enemy Lines podcast from a few weeks ago. But on this one, we're going to take a look at one man in particular, central defender Per Scherz. To do that, we first have a man who joined me on the Behind Enemy Lines show a few weeks ago, Michael Statham of Football Oranger. Michael, thanks for taking the time once again to join us. We do appreciate you coming back onto the Blood Red channel just a few weeks after your last appearance. No, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, of course, really do enjoy talking about Dutch football. And this guy is another great talent um, who I'm sure I'll give you some good info on in a minute. But yeah, and of course, another great clash coming up against Liverpool. So yeah, hoping to see Ajax doing really well again on the European stage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A very impressive team when they're at their best. There's no doubt about that. But we are, of course, here, as I say, to, to talk about pair shares in particular. I mean, First and foremost, it's a really straightforward but slightly ambiguous question. How big a fan of him are you? Yeah, I'm a big fan of him, uh, Matt. I do really like uh, Perskers. He fits the role of Matt Eisterlitt, the, the void that I guess he left a year and a half ago. He's a centre-back. Um, he's strong. He's got really good skills on the ball. Um, he made his name with Fortuna Sittard uh, a few years ago. Um, and when he was 17, he left uh, he was he was captain even at 17 in the Dutch second tier. And then he, he went on to move to Ajax and he's gone to achieve great things, um, slowly but surely working his way to become a first-team regular. What I like about Skurs is that he um, is very brave. He's very determined. He takes risks. Um, and in an Ajax team that's full of that risk-taking, um, it yields great rewards. And I think we've seen that on the European stage again this season. Yeah, I mean, how impressive has he been this season? It seems to be a kind of, of breakout season, really, for yeah. him. It's the first time when Liverpool played Ajax in, in that first match. That was the first time I'd really heard his name being spoken about. Mm. Yeah, he, he's taken a few years to sort of build up to being a first-team regular. I think everyone expected that when he first signed from Fortuna that he was going to jump straight into the first team, but that wasn't the case. He took a year to develop in the, in the second tier with the young Ajax, their second team. But then um, last season, he started making a few more appearances in the area of his E, but he was wobbly. He made mistakes. And it's only this season that he's pretty much starting every game. And he's a starting centre-back. Him next to Daly Blint, who I'm sure we're all familiar with now, um, returning to Ajax, the Ajax team. He's an experienced head next to Sirs. And together, they make a good partnership. I think the only thing that they lack is a bit of pace. But apart from that, yeah, this season's been a great season for Blint and Sirs together. They don't see him as haphazard as they were last season and they seem a lot more composed together now. Do you think it, it makes sense then that Liverpool should be interested in him even though mm. it is very early in his Ajax career even to, to be talking about a move somewhere else? It's, it's not alien though, is it, to start start featuring these names with these teams. Yeah, he, he's got the potential though to, to go this far and, and become this good. Um, De Ligt, of course, was younger and probably is ultimately going to be the best defender. But that doesn't mean that Sirs is poor, a poor defender at all. He does reach a lot of those heights. Um, and you can see that he's obviously taken a lot from De Ligt in, in the short time that they would have played at the same club together. Um, yeah, he, he's just got these tributes that, 
that I'm select, but also make him a very good Premier League defender, if you like. He's someone who's going to probably play in England or Germany. I really wouldn't be surprised by that because of his build and because of the way he is on the ball. Um, he likes to go and meet attacking players. He likes to give them a shoulder barge. He likes to win those headers. He's a very different type of defender to what we normally see in an Ajax t-shirt. In terms of sort of the, the players he's sort of likened to, I mean, you, you mentioned there Matthias De Ligt. Is there anybody else that, that maybe Liverpool fans might have, have seen a, a little bit more of who's maybe a little bit more experienced Ooh. that he might be, be similar to? Goodness me, that's putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> you know, the first person that came to my head, this is going to sound wrong, Gary Cahill. <laughs> he's okay. A similar, okay. similar kind of defender. Yeah, it's just the first person that came to my head when I thought of someone who was very similar. Uh, because of the way they play. I mean, you know, Cahill on a good day could be Scurs on a good day. Um, the only other person who, I guess, from a Liverpool ranks point of view would be Van Dijk. He's a similar defender in that respect. Um, just really good in the ball, really strong, and he's reading the game really well. And in terms of, of his style then, do you think he'd be the right fit if Liverpool were to make a move for him? I think so. Uh, he's going to be up there with, with the best defenders that they'll have if if he goes and to have a very good season this season. Um, if you ask me, I think that Sirs needs to be with Ajax for at least another season after this one. And that depends on how good a season he has, of course. But going on the course he's on right now, yeah, he's just stepping it up so much. You know, this stage, 12 months ago, he was a completely different defender. So it's he's made all of the right progression. He is 21 years old now. I guess if you're going to say, he, is he going to be a, a Liverpool regular? Um, 12 months from now I'd say no but that doesn't mean that he can go on to become a, a good player for Liverpool should he sign for them but I can really see him playing for a top team in the Premier League that's for sure There has been some suggestion of a, a 27 million or 30 million euro bid mm. submitted for Liverpool uh, from Liverpool I should say but sort of reports in Holland suggesting that that's probably not the case I mean do you think that's around about the, the sort of figure that Ajax would demand for him or, or do you think they'd be looking for a little bit more no, I think that's very cheap. <laughs> I think that's a very low price for Sears. By the end of this season, if he's playing with Ajax in Europe after winter, if he goes in to win the league with them too, I think that drives his price up 40, 50 million, if not more. I mean, De Ligt went for a far higher. Uh, and again, I come back to De Ligt, but you can compare them quite a lot because they are quite similar defenders. Yeah, you, you mentioned De Ligt there. It, it seems almost inevitable, really, uh, that Scherz will move on at some point, as Frankie de Jong as well has done so. Would Ajax stand in his way, do you think, if Liverpool were to make a move, even if potentially it might be really early in his career? Do you think they'd they'd let him go mm. at this point or, or would they maybe want to, to keep him that extra season to, to drive the price up even more, potentially? That was what will be on Ajax's minds. Um, Mark Overmars, the director, and Van der Sar, they'll both be talking about this because this is the kind of thing they do together at Ajax. They keep players for as long as they can and they try and sell them for as big a price as they can. That's the way the club works. Um, you'll see that with many other players too. For example, the goalkeeper, Andrea Nana, they've kept him for as long as possible, kept in for another year and then another year again because they know that they can drive his price up. They know that they can go for a really high fee to a big club around Europe. The same is going to happen with Scherz. Uh, but as, you, as to answer your question, I think that if he wants to leave after this season, he will. I think that they'll give him the choice in that. But they'll probably also give him a warning. They'll say to him, you've only been a, an Ajax regular for one season. Do you think that's going to stand you a good stead in the long term? Do you think that means you're 
uh, automatically going to become a regular at a top European club. No. And they'll give Skurs that kind of pressure to feel as though he should stay at Ajax. Um, I th- I'm sure that's what will happen because it's happened with the likes of Danny van der Beek um, and also De Ligt in the past. They've not left at the first opportunity. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm now joined by tactics and scouting writer Josh Williams, of course, of the Analyzing Anfield podcast. And Josh, the name Pear Schurz of Ajax has come up a lot of late. I asked Michael earlier in the podcast if he was a big fan of him, but how interested are you by Schurz? Yeah, well, uh, when, when, he moved from, when he moved to uh, Ajax, I was initially aware of him a little bit. I think that, that move is what made me aware of him, but I haven't previously looked into him too much. I think what made me most aware was, funnily enough, when he faced Liverpool. Um, when he faced Liverpool, he just he seemed to cope, I thought, with with the threat of Sadio Mane quite well, which is easier said than done. Obviously, considering Mane is quite a complete player. Um, so he, he coped fairly well. And then when, when I started seeing links to Liverpool, obviously on the back of Liverpool's injury crisis, just, just certain links that I, I feel like I can immediately rule out just because of you know what I know about Liverpool as a club and how they recruit. This wasn't one of those. This is one that I thought to myself, just despite the link being relatively vague, you know, I did think to myself there could be something in this. Um, so I've looked into him since, but whether it's going to be a completely accurate link remains to be seen. Yeah, he's certainly one that seems to be linked fairly frequently. We don't know at this stage whether Liverpool will make a move. But just in terms of sort of his style and the way that he might fit in with a Liverpool team. You, you sort of mentioned it briefly there that you think he could be someone who, who might be a decent fit for Liverpool. It's not one that you'd you know throw away straight away in terms of that link with the Reds. How do you think he would, would fit in? Do you think he would be the right sort of player for Liverpool to target? Well, I think the big thing with Liverpool centre-back is they, they have to be dominant. Above everything else, they have to... You know, display a degree of dominance in various phases of the game. So you, you know, they're going to be aerially dominant. Pep Linders has spoken about that in the past, saying that you know it's quite a crucial aspect for a centre back to have for for a pressing team. So for, for that, he, he has to be tall, which you know, fair play to him, he is. I think he's around six three, uh, twenty one years old, obviously. Um, funny enough, despite being six three, this is the one thing that put me off him a little bit. When I did look into him, despite being six three, he's not actually that good in the air, according to the numbers at least. Uh, this season, I think he's improved a tiny bit. Yeah, so in a, the uh, Dutch and BC and the Champions League at the minute, he's currently posting an aerial dual success rate of about sixty point four percent. That's not particularly high. Um, I think last season in the Premier League, Mazup, although he didn't play too frequently, posted about eighty three percent. Van Dijk, obviously Van Dijk played every game, posted in at around 70 to 73, I think, percent. Gomez around 64. So for shares to be six foot three, but only posting around 60% aerial success is a bit of a surprise. But um, I do think he has the height thing on his side. I think he's he, he coped fairly well with Sadio Mane. So, he, you know, he demonstrated the ability to cope 1v1 against players. Um Coping in behind would, would be another thing. I'm not sure he's the quickest, but he, he wasn't slow enough when he faced Liverpool to be, you know, for that to show up. So, he, he, and obviously he's very good on the ball, you know, typical Dutch centre-back. He's, he's covered his long passes and stuff like that. That was an aspect that I picked up on quite quite quickly with him. 
Um, so I think he takes some boxes without taking all of them. Um, so it remains to be seen whether Liverpool will deem that to be enough. Uh, obviously, with with his age being you know just twenty one, he's got plenty of room to improve. Um, but it's just whether whether he takes enough boxes at the moment for Liverpool to think he's gonna he's he's got a high enough ceiling to reach the top, I suppose. There's sort of been a, a £27 million price tag placed on him in, in some of the, the reports. I mean, the, the sort of intimation from, from Michael earlier in the podcast was that they'd have to, to spend more on him if they were to sign him Liverpool. But would you be looking to, to spend that sort of money on a player who essentially, once Joe Gomez and, and Virgil van Dijk would be back fit and, and playing regularly, he'd at best be Liverpool's third choice, you'd imagine, with Joel Matip in there and, and one or two other options as well. So, would you expect Liverpool to, to spend that sort of money on someone who wouldn't necessarily be playing as much once those players are back from this crisis? Probably not, to be honest. Um, I think Liverpool have generally been really, really good at spending according to the squad void and how much value that player is going to add to Liverpool's season in terms of points and in terms of goals added and goals prevented. Um, if you look at for example, Costas Samikas. Obviously, there was, a, there was a very specific budget to sign him. Jabal Lewis went a little bit above that budget, so we opted against signing him. If you look at uh, Takumi Minamino, obviously that was a, a, a rotation option for the squad. Um, a player who's going to come in and play very sporadic minutes just as kind of to give the likes of Roberto Firmino a break. Again, that was around £7 million. Um, So Liverpool do tend to spend according to, you know, what that position in the squad is worth and what a third choice central defender is worth, you know, fourth choice central defender possibly is worth. Um, you know, there's a question mark attached to that. I think in terms of thirty million, I I'd probably suggest that that's that's the absolute max. I don't I, I don't think Liverpool would spend more than that. I think there's very, very little chance of that happening. Twenty seven million for a 21-year-old, six-foot-three Dutch centre-back who's good with the ball on his feet, I think is quite reasonable. Um, and if you look at Ajax's typical business, they don't usually tend to, to, you know, take buying clubs to the cleaners that much. If you look at Donny van der Beek, um, Davinson Sanchez, Hakim Ziyech, they all go for around £35 million, and I don't think shares is as big of a player as a Ziyech or a Van der Beek or a Sanchez. So I think £27 million is probably on the money, to be honest. Whether Liverpool will pay that, I'm not overly sure. Um, if they would, it's probably it's probably max. And just to, to finish off then, I know you've spoken about plenty of other centre-backs that Liverpool could potentially target. Given what you know about pair shares, do you think there's probably other options who might be better suited to Liverpool, maybe at a, a better price as well then? Yeah, well, we spoke about this in, in the Analyze and Anfield podcast quite quite recently. I, I like a player called Sven Botman, who was incidentally at Ajax last season. Uh, or he was he was contacted to them, at least. I think he's spent a, a bit of time on loan. He's currently at Lille. He's a year younger than, um, than Shears. I think he's the same height, if not an inch taller. He is good in the air, uh, according to numbers. Equally good with the ball, you know, he's, he's Dutch, very similar to Shares in, in many ways, I suppose, but seems to have, you know, the boxes that Shares doesn't tick 
Botman does seem to take. The only issue with this is he recently signed for Lille from Ajax in the summer just gone for, I think it was below £10 million actually. Um, but I think it was a five-year deal. And if you look at the, the business that Lille tend to do in comparison to Ajax, Lille do have a bit of a, a reputation for taking buying clubs to the cleaners. You know, if you look at Nicolas Pepe, um, Victor Ozimhen, I think is how you pronounce it, moved from Lille to, to Napoli in the summer for around £70 million. Um, Gabriel, fair enough, moved to Arsenal for, I think, around £35 million. Um, But, yeah, he, he's a player that I like, but it, whether he's attainable, you know, affordable, in terms of what, what Lille would demand for the services remains to be seen, but I, I would prioritise him over, over the past years. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.